Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that's right for you with accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends December 6th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes bike, bike plus, and tread basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This is Let's Talk Entertainment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Now, without further ado, the host of the show, Isaac Amons. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Isaac Ammons here. Have you guys heard about Anchor.fm? If you haven't, allow me to explain a little bit. If you've ever had the feeling of wanting to start your own podcast but didn't know where to start, Anchor is where you need to go. It has creation tips and tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Entertainment. I'm your host, Isaac Ammons. We got a great episode for you today. We got two interviews. Since it's been a while, I figured I'd give you a little bit more content than than usual. So we got Maddie Kelly and Caitlin Fox. We're going to start it off with Maddie Kelly. Maddie, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, no no problem. I have to ask, do you rather go by Madison or Maddie? It's a tough question. I feel like professionally, like on the back of my books, it has my full name, which is Madison. But nobody calls me Madison except for my mom when she's angry. So most people call me Maddie. All right. We'll call you Maddie so we don't feel like your angry mother. (laughs) So uh, thanks for coming on the show again once Let's just sit. We're going to sit here and just chat a little bit about your books and because you're an author, especially I should let people know that uh, you are an author. <laughs> so we'll just talk about your books and what inspired you to become an author. And we'll talk a little bit about your background and just stuff in general like that. So nothing too crazy. Cool. So I guess Sounds to good. start it off, uh, let's let our listeners get to know you. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am uh, originally from Las Vegas, but I currently live in Macau, which is a small island in China. It's actually really close to Hong Kong. It's about like a uh, a 45-minute ferry across the water, but it's basically like the Las Vegas of like of China. So there's a lot of casino industry here. So I actually work for one of the casinos doing project development. Uh, I help them build attractions for Galaxy Macau, which is kind of cool. Uh, it actually ties in pretty well with the first book I wrote, uh, which I wrote when I was, I think I was 18 when I I published my first book. I was a senior in college. Oh no, so I would have been, I would have been 22, 22. Okay, that (laughs) makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah, I was a senior in college um, and you talked a little bit about inspiration. So these two books are very different. I'm about to publish my second one in December. But the first one was really motivated by the fact that, like I said, I was a senior in college, you know, graduation was impending, and I had yet to choose a career. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, as I feel like most college seniors feel that way. Like, I feel like only the lucky few know exactly what they want to do after they graduate, but I was not that way. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. But I'd always been a huge fan of theme parks and Disney in particular. So I thought to myself one day as I was actually planning my next trip to Disneyland, I was like, oh, my God, you know, people, somebody somebody has to build this stuff. Like somebody has to actually design and plan and they actually get to build theme parks for a living. I don't know why I never had considered that as an option before. (laughs) Uh, Just like randomly hit me one day that somebody actually is behind these kinds of uh, 
places. So I was like, that would be really fun. But I was already, you know, an art history major and there wasn't really enough time to, to switch gears. So I figured that the best and fastest way for me to dive into an industry that I was not familiar with would be to write a book about it because it requires a lot of research. You make really good connections when you become an author because you reach out to people to do interviews and everybody loves to do interviews. So it's very easy, especially as a student still. It's it's kind of funny. It's a lot easier to reach out to people and be like, hi, I'm a student. I would love to interview you for my book or whatever. People are really willing to help students, which was um, great for me at the time. So that's how I published my first book, which is called Tomorrowland, The Future of Theme Parks. So as you can guess, it's probably about the future of theme parks. Um, and it actually did help me land a job with Disney. So that worked out really well for the first time. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a really fun process. It was crazy. And uh, I loved every second of it. I didn't get any school credit for it. And in fact, my, my college was like, we don't really care that you're writing a book. You're, all of your papers are still due on time. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that was the first one. But then, so now I'm on my way to publishing my second, which is completely different. Now, the first book is nonfiction. Uh, this book is actually a collection of poetry. So it's a little bit more creative than the first time around. Um, so I'm really excited about this one. I think it's going to be, it's very different from anything that I've ever done before because I felt like I've never really allowed myself to be fully creative and just let I'm just like doing something just for the sake of doing it not really having necessarily an ulterior motive or a particular goal other than the fact that I wanted to share with somebody something that I'm passionate about and something that I I love to do so this is kind of more of a, a journey for me in a way also okay yeah that, that sounds great I mean going back to what you were saying about the uh that somebody had to make the theme parks. I never really grasped that either. So I think that's funny you said that because that made me think about that too. And now you got me Yeah, it's kind of shocking. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, how did you come up with all of this in your mind, you psychopath? Yeah. Anyway. You're right. <laughs> Beautiful genius. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so congratulations on the first book and... We're Thank you. excited for the second one. Uh, yeah. What do you think was your driving point that got you into writing? Um, it's I've it's funny. Um, I've always written. Uh, it's just something that I've I've done just to sort of process my own emotions. Um, and I find that to be the case with a lot of other writers. Um, like it's something that that we share in common that. It's, it's a very common experience that I didn't know that somebody else had until you read that they also have those same kind of experiences. And that I think what's funny about writers in general is that we don't like to talk about our problems verbally or with other people. And especially for me, I prefer much to like, you know, struggle in silence and then I can talk about it once I'm over it and it's finished and I'm done. So writing for me has always been sort of an outlet. Uh, a conversation with myself is, is like a, how I like to think about it. And I never actually knew that I wrote poetry until I was sharing my work with a professor in college who really helped to nurture my creativity. And she was like, wow, these poems are great. I was like, what did you say? Poems? Really? So I actually had no idea that that's what I was doing until somebody told me uh, because it just sort of is what comes naturally to me in that the structure of how I write is literally what it sounds like in my head. So the line breaks are just different points of thought that I'm having. Uh, so it's always been a part of my life. And I think particularly in college, you know, this is a lot about what my, what my current collection of poetry talks about. It's a coming of age story. So when you leave the house for the first time to go to college, like you're really getting a taste of independence and it's exciting, but it's tricky at the same time. You're going through a lot of things for the first time and you're experiencing a different way of life and it can be challenging and you mess up a lot and you learn a lot uh, based on those mistakes and you just sort of like are out there trying to do your best and a lot of weight is placed on your shoulders because it feels like you have to pick your life and that moment in time. And 
I'm not that I'm the, I, I'm the kind of person I like to try everything and I feel like I learned better through experience so I had to do a lot of things that I I had to learn basically what I didn't like to do in order to find out what I did like to do so I spent a lot of time sort of crossing off items on the list instead of zeroing in on one thing and that's intense you know you're asking like a 19 year old kid to pick a life and it's exhausting and it's crazy and then that sort of leads you after college into your early 20s and you're like a full-fledged adult you know you're no longer in that sweet spot in college of independence where you can still call home if you need something you can still go home to mom and dad on breaks and stuff like that you can still sort of rely on them and then it's not until after you graduate and you're fully on your own that you start to really understand what it means to be an adult and and to be independent and it's so much fun and you meet so many amazing people and then you also sort of learn like how to cut out toxicity and how to just be a happy and healthy person but that's also through experience you know you have to like my mom likes to say you got to kiss a lot of frogs to meet the prince so it's a bit of a tumultuous time and it's an, it's crazy, but it's a fun roller coaster. And then, you know, now I'm 25 and I'm halfway to 30 and it's starting to feel like things are settling down and you're really starting to get a good handle on the person that you are and the person that you want to be. And you're sort of going headstrong into that. And it, it feels really exciting and it feels like you're sort of embarking on another journey in and of itself. So while the story is much a coming of age story. It's also sort of like closing one chapter and opening another. Yeah. yeah, I really liked what you said with the whole 25 thing because I'm also 25 and I'm really starting to feel like this is the point in our life where this is where we're going. This is where it starts. It's all forward from here. Uh, mm-hmm. but this is where exactly our future begins. So I'd, I've really realized that the past, like, I don't know, from 18 to 25, have just been like a growing process, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, exactly. I was getting ready to become an adult, although I don't like adulting because that's yeah, no fun. Exactly. No one likes that. Uh, but, <laughs> but I've realized. Adulting is just learning that, like, all the time you're just doing dishes. That's what adulting is to me. Yeah, you move into your own place yeah. and you just do dishes all the time. Yep. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Dishes. Yeah, literally. Get home, <laughs> dishes, and then make some more of a mess from cooking. Right. And you gotta eat. So, but yeah, uh, I realized that this is just a growing process to get to where we are now, to ca- end up catapulting ourselves, for lack of better terms, into the adult life even farther. Uh, yeah. I guess. And life, it- I feel like, is just a cycle of these periods, like you go through these times and then emerge sort of on like what I like to call like a clear landscape where you're like, okay, now I have a direction and I'm moving towards that direction. And you have those times where it's like almost growth and then plateau and then growth and then plateau. And you go through these cycles. Like I'm seeing my parents now they're in their late fifties. And now that both of their kids are, you know, fully independent, living their best lives, living their own lives that my parents are almost going through like a renaissance period where they too are growing and bettering themselves and like living their best lives at the same time. And so I see throughout time that you'll have growth periods and cycles and just kind of depends on where you're at. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. Uh, That we, even though we are fully grown, uh, we're not done growing. Um, yeah, if, that's a really good way to if, put it. If that I love makes that. sense. Well, I feel no, that... very feel very profound now. So that was that'll, it was very poetic. That'll, that'll be all for tonight. We will talk to you guys later, <laughs> and have a good. Yeah, yeah. we can call it call it quits. <laughs> we call it a good now. I made a good point, so we're done. Uh, so you talked about you moving overseas. Uh, what was your biggest struggle with that? You think? I thought. This So actually, it's not my first time. My parents took me out to live in Hong Kong when I was 12. Uh, so that was the first time that I'd ever lived abroad, and I loved every second of it. But this time around, it was very different. So like I said, I worked for Disney for about a year and a half, 
uh, right out of college and it was the most amazing experience of my entire life. I loved every second of it. Um, working for Disney is just so much fun. And I came to a point in, I think it was 20, 2019, where I was working in sales for Disney and that's not what I wanted to be doing at all. I wanted to work in Imagineering. I wanted to build theme parks. And because, you know, the nature of the corporate beast, it would probably take me seven years to get to the place where I really wanted to be working in Disney. And so I had a choice that I could either stay and grind away um, and work my way up the ladder, or I could sort of take a step away from the company and get a fast-tracked experience elsewhere. So somebody was willing to give me an opportunity over here in China, uh, being a project manager, helping them build attractions. And that's exactly what I wanted to be doing. But of course, moving overseas means that you have to say goodbye to family and friends. I was also in a long-term relationship for almost six years. And so it also came sort of, we had to have that discussion, like, do we stay together and do long distance and we'll see each other when we can. And that's what we decided to do. So I came over here and I was doing long distance with my boyfriend. He lived in San Francisco and it worked out, you know, for a while. And then once the pandemic hit, the borders here closed. So you can't actually like come in and out of the country without having to quarantine for a while. They wouldn't even let you come in the country if you weren't a resident of Macau. So it had been a year you know, and, and things just get really hard and it's and it's tough not to be with the person that you're in a relationship with, not to see them every day. And so eventually I think things just got so hard that we had to call it quits. And so I think about that a lot, you know, this decision moving over here, I won't be able to really see whether or not it was worth it until later on in life. And I kind of just have to trust the process and, and trust the path that um, I set forth on and, and hope for the best, you know, and I have to just make the best of this experience as it is. And so while I am so grateful for the experience having come to Macau and getting all this amazing work experience, furthering my career, it also, you know, just makes you think about what's important, especially during the pandemic, you know, all these things I think combined for me into one big, like, what do I want to do with my life? What is important to me? How do I want to live the rest of my life? Because I don't want to wake up one day and be like, what have I done? Or what, what am I doing with myself? You know, I don't want to, I don't ever want to have that. So I think it's, I, I seem to make decisions in life that don't make sense in the moment, but somehow, some way end up working out for themselves like for example the the whole like leaving Disney thing was the hardest thing I'd ever done I remember driving home from Anaheim California to Las Vegas where I'm originally from like bawling my eyes out blasting music trying to make myself feel better because it was so hard to leave a job that I absolutely adored but I'm so glad that I did because during the pandemic there were so many layoffs at Disney that I certainly would have been one of them as being a lower man on the totem pole. So right. those kinds of things work out, but I wouldn't have no, I, would, I didn't know that in the moment. I, it was something that I had to learn later and to say like, okay, it's true. I, I did make the right decision. Yeah, for sure. I know that the pandemic is at everybody really hard um, mm-hmm. just in, through the fact of uncertainty what the future holds and just stuff like that um so yeah i can totally totally relate to that um i was off for i was off work for six weeks um so yeah it was luckily enough i was blessed to have a job that continued to pay me through that so i was blessed in that matter yeah it was great um but going through even just sitting at home, seeing all the other people around, not being like not having that to rely on is it was heartbreaking, I guess you would say. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was hard for it's hard for so many people. I mean, I watched my best friend have a similar experience. Like she ended up having to be furloughed from a job that she absolutely adored and had to sort of like pivot. Uh, and change paths a little bit. So, I mean, it's it was so crazy to watch. I mean, nobody could have predicted that. Yeah. Uh, 
So it's funny you would bring up the pandemic because that was one of my next questions. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So through your job at the casino and whatnot, um, how do you feel that the pandemic has changed that type of entertainment slash theme park sort of thing? That's a great question. I think... I think the pandemic is gonna change a lot of things. I think it's gonna change how we think about life. I think it changes how we how we make decisions in general. I think if the pandemic proved anything, it's that entertainment is more relevant than it's ever been. I think we all needed something during the pandemic, right? Like you saw all of these sorts of you know platforms like Disney Plus and Netflix and things like that getting so much more traction than at any other time and the amount of people that were flooding back into theme parks once they reopened was was massive i mean it's not enough to offset the costs of not operating for as long as they did but right right well i I don't think that the pandemic changed our desire to be entertained at all i think what's going to change is sort of how we how we how we entertain in general so For example, I think that concerts are probably going to change. I think that they'll probably start doing more of like a limited amount of tickets and then also broadcasting live. So if you want to be there in person, you'll have to pay more and you'll probably only have a limited number of spots. Uh, But for those who want to partake, they can watch from home, I imagine would be something that would happen. But I think theme parks are never going to go away. I think people love to go and escape from their own realities for a while and like spend the day with their friends and their family, just laughing and having a good time. Uh, Same thing with books and music and TV. Like it's just always something that's going to be prevalent in our lives. The more technology increases, the more we're going to want to see and spend time on those devices. And entertainment is one of the major reasons for having those kinds of things. So for me, I think the pandemic has only shown us what we can handle. Like being stuck at home for six months without internet, like you couldn't survive that. But at least if you have access to internet and you have access to television and to any sort of entertainment, like you can see that you can get through any sort of struggle. And I think that's the beauty of entertainment, right? right? It shows us how many other people are going through the same shit that we're going through and how relatable life is like nobody is really alone in going through whatever they're going through like somebody else has either been there done that or they're going through it at the same time as you and I always like to think of like books as sort of a a blanket like some books are ones that you come back to time and time again that you wrap yourself in to be comfortable or you know a new book is a journey that you've never experienced before. So you want to cozy up and and really dive into what they're telling you. And I think TV and music are very much the same. I think about all of those kinds of experiences as being relatively similar at the end of the day, like while they're different mediums, it's all the same emotions that are being conveyed just in different ways. Yeah. I think that's very well said. Um, I, that was part of why I started an entertainment podcast is that there's so many different forms and there's so many different uh, opinions on entertainment that not everybody has the same. So why, why wouldn't we share that with everyone? Uh, Yep. So that's why I started this podcast in case you were wondering. (laughs) I was curious. (laughs) But yeah, so I started this as kind of like an experiment, but not really an experiment just to see if I could do it personally and just to see what types of entertainment I'm missing in my life. Uh, abroad from, or except for the usual music and just watching the movies and all that stuff, video games and stuff. But I know that there's so much more out there. So why not bring it all into one spot to where you can just listen to it and, listen to my annoying voice ramble on and on for no minutes and minutes it's cool like <laughs> yeah you get inspiration from from other people I always say creativity breeds creativity and you're like a, a hub for all of the creativity out there and so it like lends 
other creators the op- the uh, the opportunity to listen and to be inspired and to you know consume more entertainment that helps them you know get inspiration for their work like a lot of my inspiration i draw from not only experience but really a lot comes from music and a lot comes from other books and tv shows like i'm a huge anime fan and a lot of my work is actually inspired by animes that I've seen and so sometimes like I rewrite endings or I dive deeper into a character and like a moment in time and and things like that so without other entertainment I think that my work wouldn't be as broad or as exciting as it is now right right yeah for sure uh sorry I'm just writing something down here real quick so I don't forget it uh you keep answering my questions before I ask them, and I think it's good. <laughs> We're and on the same page. <laughs> and you and you also like bring up the question without me doing it, so it's awesome. Uh, Yay! <laughs> so you talked about your inspirations, drawing from different characters and such, uh, and from music and stuff. Uh, what do you would you think was your favorite inspiration? Like, what what do you look to more than anything else that inspires you? If that makes sense. I think for me, I think it has to be books. I absolutely am a voracious reader. I love fiction. I almost exclusively read fiction. Probably the closest I get to nonfiction is historical fiction. Much to my mom's chagrin, she would love for me to read like self-help books and nonfiction <laughs> stuff like that, but I just can't bring myself. I'm just not interested. <laughs> I can't get through them. Uh, but I love, I love books. I think that they they just show so much and I get so invested in them that like if I'm at a coffee shop or something all of a sudden I'll blink and five hours has gone by and I'll feel guilty because all I've ordered is like a croissant and a cup of coffee (laughs) and (laughs) I've been sitting there for so long hogging one of their tables but I just get so in the zone I can't help it Uh, one of my one of my pieces that actually a couple of them are based off of books that I've read like one of them is based off of uh, Rebecca. Let me Google the author because I can't. By okay, yes, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. This is a relatively well-known book. I mean, like I hadn't known about it from the very beginning. It wasn't one of the books that we were required to read in high school, but it's it's relatively well known. And I finally got around to reading it, and I the entire time I was reading it, I was like, I don't know if I like this. I'm really not sure if I find this is interesting. I don't know if this is a good book. I can't decide, but somehow, some way, I ended up finishing the book, and I was sitting in bed, and it was quite late, because I was, you know, finishing it up, and all of a sudden, I just, like, found that I I had to start writing, I had to write it down, and I ended up writing an alternative ending to the book, almost, um, in prose, which is very different from what I normally write, like I told you, I, I normally write in poetry, but this one came out in prose, uh, from the main character's perspective, who is actually unnamed, we never we never find out what her actual name is, which I think is really really cool. Uh, to to have written an entire book from her perspective, but we never know her name, I think is just so clever. So I ended up writing sort of like an alternative ending to the book, and and that that'll be featured in in the coming collection of poetry. But it's things like that that I was so inspired by a book I wasn't even sure that I loved that I ended up writing a huge piece about it. And so I, 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 guess, I guess I liked it, I suppose. <laughs> I guess you did. <laughs> yeah. And once again, you answered another question of mine before I asked it. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. But I think it's crazy. But anyway, uh, I forgot what question it was. Well, I'm really good at this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what you're talking about your poetry and how you draw from uh, different styles of writing and music and all that. How What would you classify your poetry as? I like my poetry style because I think it's different from anything that I had experienced thus far. So, when you're in high school, you know, and you're you're supposed to read Robert Frost and Wordsworth and uh, sort of all of these old poets. It's so confusing. Like you read it and it's like the leaf fluttered on the lake and 
I was watching it, you know, and you're like, okay, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it, never, it just never felt like I, it was never as captivating to me as fiction. Fiction is you get swept up by the story and you're just carried through from beginning to end. Whereas poetry for me felt always really choppy and not connected to a larger story for the entire book. And, and so that was something that I was very focused on when I was creating this collection. I wanted it to be read like any other story. There's a clear beginning, there's a clear middle, and then there's the end. And all throughout that, you have pieces that that call out to each other lyrically or thematically. And so when you read, you'll be like, oh my God, that ties into what I read earlier, or that was a foreshadowing into what comes later, or you see me going through something very clearly in, in the beginning, and then you see me reach a conclusion about what I was going through in the end. And so additionally, I think my tone is much more easy to understand. Like I lay it all out for you. So while there are some pieces that are hidden that you sort of have to, it, it, you need to think sometimes and, and peel back the layers a little bit, but it's not so dense that it seems impossible to understand. And I think that a lot of the things are very relatable to anybody who's going through a change in their life. And it's just a little bit more fun for me. Like it's a little bit more magical because I anything that I read fiction-wise tends to have a little hint of magic or um, superstition or things like that. So that was also something I wanted to convey in the vibe of the book was just like giving people some magic and something fun and, and interesting. And so it's balanced between a lot of heavy emotions and a lot of heavy discussion, but it's also lightened at the end, uh, sort of like we talked about when you figure out your purpose or you feel like you're on the right path, you get this excited sense and you're like ready to go. And, you know, there's also the time when you're a little bit giddy because you've met somebody that you're really interested in and you don't know where it's going and it's exciting and it's fun. And, so it has all of those elements, but it's not broken up. It, it very much ties to each other. And I spent a lot of time making sure that the reading experience was put first. Like for me, all I cared about was that it was a positive reading experience for the reader and that they enjoyed the process of going through the book, that they weren't just like racing to get to the end or putting it away halfway because it none of it, it just felt so disjointed. So that was something that was... That, that I was uh, very focused on making sure it didn't happen. Yeah, that's really important, too. I heard you say that you had to think about it, so I'm changing my mind and not going to read it because I don't like to think about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to not do that because that's <laughs> a dumb reason. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to go check out your stuff. Uh, Thanks. Is comes out this any, winter. Okay. Is there any way we could find like some of your past stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Amazon. So if you Google or if you Amazon Tomorrowland, the future of theme parks, um, my book is there. Also, all of my books are on my website. So if you want to check out my website, hi-maddiekelly.com, that uh, also will have everything there. I start the pre-sale campaign for my book at the end of this month, uh, which will probably go on until late August. So if you want to receive a signed copy of the book, if you're interested in reading the manuscript, all of those things will be included in the pre-sale campaign, or you can wait until December when the book actually publishes. That seems like a long time from now, so I'll probably get on the yeah. pre-sale thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have uh, actually started a collection of books from authors that I've interviewed on the show so that's I would so fun love to add your book to my collection um, absolutely when it comes out I will get your first one as well um thank just, you yeah my honor and it's just something that I can say hey I have their work so it's kind of like a trophy and not a creepy way um yeah no I think it's cool <laughs> I mean I love I find it so difficult to find authors who are really relatable who are like down to earth super chill humans you know just in general I think that I've never really seen any authors especially like younger authors who are 
easy to communicate with or you sort of get a hint into their life. Like I think about somebody like Ruby Kaur, who is an incredible poet, but from her social media, she seems so far away. Uh, even though she like bears her soul to the world through her work, uh, it still seems like she's so far away, you know? And so I really try to be closer to my audience and be there for them if they want to talk about the book, if they want to talk about anything, if they want to know what I do every day or what my life is like, like I'm there for them and I'm there to show them. So I'm happy to be a part of that process. And I'm glad that I could share my story through your podcast. Yeah, that's great. I, I feel like that's really important too. Uh, just, I think it's really cool when people try to be close with their fans and with their audience. Um, Cause people don't like people that are like, yeah, hi, whatever. Bye. And then yeah. just move along. But like people that actually take time to uh, talk with their fans and audience and just relate with them on a personal level. Um, level, it level, makes a huge le- difference. Level? That wasn't even a word. Level? <laughs> level. I'm glad you just my, ignored that. So, anyway. One of my favorite authors on the entire planet, uh, I emailed her once because I had a legitimate question about the books, like something that was eating away at me that I just needed to know. And I emailed her and I woke up the next morning and she had responded. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what? Like, you are my favorite author. I cannot believe that you actually are responding to emails. And that, for me, just made such a huge difference. I mean, right? like, it's cool. It's, it, the fans appreciate it. People who are invested in your work, like, you should put that much time back to them. Because, like, right. yes, you write for yourself, but you also write for your fans. And if your fans have questions and if they want to talk to you about your work, you should reach out to them and respond. Sure. I mean, it like... It's just, I don't know, I think it's just polite. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, too. And I think it shows that they're not more of a person than we are, I guess, if you will. Yeah. just shows that they have um, lives, too. And, of course, I know lots of people are busy, so it's that respect thing, I guess. You could say respect, um, just that For sure. it makes me feel included to have you respond back to me or something like that. You know what I mean. It makes you feel like a real person. Yeah. Not, like, not, oh, you're not just a really successful author. You're a human being. <laughs> right. Not just another number of. of yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's really important. So um, I'm really excited to go check out that book now. So I'm not going to read it Thank tonight you. because I can't read. I need to learn how to read first. And then. <laughs> but anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, Madison Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I forgot one more thing. Do you have Instagram or anywhere we can, like, follow your social? I do. Um, All of my social is Hi Maddie Kelly, uh, so you can follow me on Instagram, and I also have a YouTube channel, so I post every week on YouTube. uh, If you're interested in seeing what life is like living as an expat, uh, that's pretty fun. I do vlogs. You can also meet my cat. He is lovely and sweet and very vocal, so he is featured prominently cat? on my blog. I do. I have three cats. Ah, yes, I and love I meeting cat all. people. <laughs> do you? Uh, I only hate two of the three. It's such a cat person thing. Like sometimes I am obsessed with my cat, and he's everything on the entire universe to me because he's very affectionate. But sometimes, man, he can be such a brat. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have a uh, orange Maine Coon tabby cat. Aww. He's a turd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but then I have a female orange tabby cat, and she is amazing and the best cat in the world. And mm-hmm. no one shall ever take her from me because she is my cat. And yep. Yeah. So then they had a baby, so it's fine. Anyway, Aww. so, Yeah. So be sure to go follow Maddie on all her socials. Um, I will be posting a picture, a promo thing on my Instagram, on the show's Instagram, uh, with your handle on there. So people can find it faster through that. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really Are you kidding? This is so much fun. Yeah, this is fantastic. And it doesn't even feel like it's been 40 minutes. So. No, it just flew by. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, guys. For sure. 
So we'll <laughs> be uh, looking out for your upcoming project. Um, be sure to get yeah. on that pre-sale, guys, if you want to <clears throat> get that uh, when it comes. Yeah, you available. get access to lots of fun things. You there's different packages that you guys can get to. So uh, you guys get to customize exactly what you want out of the pre-sale experience. Uh, like Isaac said, follow me on my social media at Hi Maddie Kelly. Uh, and stay tuned for updates. It should be out later this month. For sure. I will be putting out the pre-sale when it becomes available because I'm cool like that. Um, Woo! <laughs> because <laughs> um, everybody should go get it no matter what because I said so. Yeah, and, you heard him. So. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> Keep an eye out for when Maddie's pre-sale will go online. You can follow along with us on Instagram at LTPodcast2021. We'll be posting it up there when it goes on live. So be sure to check that out. Next, we're going to move into our next interview with Caitlin Fox. Caitlin, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to meet new people and bring them on the show and just talk with them. Uh, so we're going to sit and talk uh, about your music. Um <clears throat> and basically what you do with that and just uh, how you go about writing your own music. So first off, to start it off, uh, why don't you give our listeners just a little background about yourself? Yeah, so um, I am currently a student at the University of Michigan. I'm going into my senior year. Um, and yeah, I'm a songwriter um, and I also just recently wrote a book about the music industry called um, Stay on Beat. Uh, just came out at the end of April. So yeah, uh, very much into music. I'm also working at a um, public relations agency that works with artists as well. So definitely immersing myself in the industry, uh, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really exciting, uh, especially coming out with the book. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, I do want to talk about that because that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> so what what do you think really drove you to start writing music and getting into the music industry? Yeah, I think a lot of it was um, like growing up. I um, did a lot of performing, like in theater. And um, I love that. Um, I love performing and being on stage. And then um, when I was 12, I um, got a guitar and started taking lessons. And actually, um, we have a family friend who owns a recording studio. And so he invited me in to record a couple songs. And I was doing a lot of covers. And he had told me, you know, um, if you really want to make it in the industry, you have to be able to write your own music. Because, I mean, the fact, like, the truth is, is that a lot of people can sing really well and a lot of people can play guitar really well, but like what will differentiate you from everyone else is um, if you can create your own content. Um, so that really pushed me to start writing music. And I started writing songs um, when I was as young as like 13. So um, yeah, and I've been doing it ever since. So I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I've, I've really found a trend, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, through some of the artists that we've had on the show. Uh, they've all started at that young age. Uh, so I think that's really cool. Um, sorry, I'm getting distracted a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, did you teach yourself how to play guitar or did somebody teach you? Yeah, I took lessons growing up, um, which okay. is great, yeah. I took about two and a half lessons and stopped playing guitar. Yeah. I have one just because it looks cool. But <laughs> yeah, it can be hard to pick up. <laughs> yeah, I actually moved to playing drums, so it's more oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so going forward into talking about your own personal music um, and writing your own, creating your own unique sound, um, what? how would you describe your own sound? Um. I've been compared a lot to like Ingrid Michaelson. Um, so kind of that like or pop folk kind of sound. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I would describe it as. All right, yeah, I get that. So uh, 
let's jump into your book. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think that would be great. Uh, what? Where was your purpose for writing this book? So um, I actually started writing it um, at the beginning of the pandemic because as a college student, you know, I was hoping to have an internship for the summer and that didn't really work out um, because, you know, companies just weren't hiring, like the world was crazy. So um, came across this opportunity to write a book and I was like, this is the perfect time to do it. I don't really have anything else to do. Um, so yeah, I decided to do this and I decided to write it about the music industry just because, um, you know, I, growing up, I've always struggled to, you know, get my foot in the door and um, as like an artist. And then even now, like as I'm getting older and I'm looking more at the industry side, it's hard to even get a foot in the door um, doing like the behind the scenes stuff. So I really wanted to like dig into, um, you know, why that is and like try to help other people who are hoping to get into the music industry, um, you know, find their way and just like lay out all of their options and like the resources available to them. Um, Cause that's definitely something I wish that I had um, growing up. And even now, like a guide as like to how, like, you know, what can I do? What's available to me? That sort of thing. Yeah. I've, I've really noticed how in the music industry, it's kind of a know somebody to get in kind of feel. Uh, yeah. If somebody, that you're really close to has to bring you into it it's not like a it's really hard you can make it by yourself but it's just really really difficult so yeah I can see that as a college student working that way uh yeah I know the pandemic has been super hard on everybody from musicians to artists and stuff like that how do you feel the uh music industry is will be changed and what will become of the music industry coming out of this pandemic? Um, I think a big thing on like the artist side is that like artists are realizing that, you know, you can engage with fans um, in a virtual way. Um, Cause you know, a lot of artists had to cancel live shows which was pretty devastating for them and for the live music industry but a lot of artists kind of took it upon themselves to find other ways to engage with fans, whether that was like, you know, um, sending messages to them via DMs um, and, you know, thanking them for their support. Or uh, I think a big one was like hosting live streams where artists are like, um, you know, performing virtually. And, you know, some artists, um, I even mentioned this in my book, like Erica Badu, um, she, you know, did the whole thing like with lights and like she rented out a venue and did like this really fancy thing. Um, and, you know, some artists were actually charging people to attend those live streams. Um, so I think we're starting to see like a new way for, um, for live shows to exist. It doesn't really have to be an in-person thing, which opens up a lot of opportunities, especially for smaller artists who may not be able to afford um, to, you know, go to a, venue and like with all the equipment and stuff um so i think that's a really cool thing yeah i've i've watched a couple of live stream concerts and pers- uh just youtube videos and such of those uh events and i i like them because i like live music um but i do find that it's way more different than actually being in the stadium or being in the venue um and seeing that artist perform live I I feel like you don't really get the full feel of what they're going for but yeah I can see okay. how I can see how people are we're moving towards that um I mean it did help just to get uh that music fix if you will um in that concert feel yeah for sure uh so what do you think uh, is the next step for you in your own music? Um, so I kind of, you know, have been taking a little bit of a break because writing a book and like publishing it um, was a lot of work. Um, so I'm trying to, I kind of took a break. I'm already starting up my next um, music project, which is kind of like, in its early stages so that's exciting um yeah right now it's just a lot of like trying to promote the book and get it in people's hands um 
I worked with a hybrid publisher. So I have to, I'm doing a lot of the marketing and that stuff on my own, um, which has been a huge learning curve as well. So um, just trying to, you know, work through that and um, yeah, promote the book and um, yeah, find people who would really benefit from it. Okay. Yeah. So talking, trying to get your book out, where could our listeners go to find and pick up a copy of your book? Yeah, so um, Stan Beat is available on Amazon. Um, my ebook is just 99 cents right now. And um, and then if they follow me at Caitlin Fox Music on um, Instagram or Twitter, I'm on there. And um, you can shoot me a DM and I can send you a signed copy as well. All right, cool, yeah. So be sure everybody go check out Caitlin's new book. Um, really excited for it. I'm going to go check it out for sure. Um, just so we can figure out what you're about and be ready for all your other stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so going back into talking about your inspirations and stuff like that, uh, who do you think has inspired your music the most? Um, I'd say there's a lot of people, but I think like at like the root of you know why I love music I'd say um the Beatles have played a really large role in my love for music um I was introduced to them like really early on as a kid and um just like fell in love with them for whatever reason um but like now that I'm older like I just really appreciate their craft and just like I don't know just like the struggle of like being like nobodies in England to becoming like the greatest artist of all time and um I actually got to saw Paul McCartney perform live in Chicago a few years back. And um, that was kind of like when I knew that like, oh wow, like I want to do that, what he's doing on stage. And like, that's kind of what inspired me to start picking up guitar and writing my own music. So they definitely have played a really large role in my career for sure. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles are one of the most legendary rock bands slash bands of all time. Uh, such great music, such great sound, and to see Paul, Sir Paul McCartney still going and doing music is phenomenal. Uh, what a great career he's had! Yeah, um, and just that legacy he's putting out there for uh, musicians all around the world, um, especially to come up from like nobody's in England, as you said, to one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Uh, just yeah, it's really inspiring. I noticed. The uh, I haven't really listened to the Beatles a lot lately, or like uh, they're releasing new stuff. But <laughs> like I haven't really listened to them in a while, so I'm not really familiar as much anymore. But yeah, I do love the Beatles. I like listening to their their music. Um. So how do you Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 